0: Shut up, Glenn.
1: The Incomparable, number 503, February 2020.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I am your host, Jason Snell. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about The Good Place, the final season of The Good Place, as well as sort of looking back on the show as a whole. Yes, this is a network television sitcom. Yes, it is way more than that. And I have four wonderful people here to talk uh, with me about The Good Place. Let me introduce my panel. Glenn Fleischman is here. And what I want to say about this is that during the first season of The Good Place, Glenn chose to draft it and induct it into our Television Hall of Fame episode. Bold move that has proven
1: to be completely correct. Hi, Glenn. Jason, I'm finally ready to go to second level with you.
2: Rejected? (laughs) i i I reject that we're gonna remain here
1: on the fourth level
2: where everything is fine monty ashley is also here hi monty ding hi there (laughs) (laughs) got it uh can i have a glass of water ding here you go thanks uh kathy campbell is also here hi kathy
3: Hi, is Blake Bortles going to be here? I heard he was going to be here.
2: Um, Blake Bortles is not here. We we tried to get him, and he's uh, he's not too busy. He's just not uh, available to become on a podcast. <sighs> Blake Fine. Bortles is not appearing in this podcast. Bortles out! My uh, aunt and uncle were Jaguars season ticket holders for many years, so I love those Jacksonville jokes. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, listener-turned-panelist Sarah Gardner is here again. Hello.
4: Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm not supposed to be here, and I don't know who to tell.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So There's there's just play along, um, along with Glenn, who is a a monk, a silent monk. It seems strange, but (laughs) that that doesn't sound right. (laughs) Uh, We should say you are part of Team Cockroach. I am. A bunch of incomparable listeners got together and did a podcast about the good place that's in the TV feed that people can go listen to. And uh, Sarah is one of the participants in that. So uh, I thought it would be nice to have some Team Cockroach representation.
4: Thank you. I'll be one fourth of them for tonight.
0: You're a representative (laughs) of the group. It's fine.
4: It works. Thank you.
3: (laughs) You're the
0: best one is what I I was led to believe. Mm.
4: (laughs) They're all
3: great.
2: But Sarah was invited. Sarah's (laughs) the first one to have
1: passed the test.
3: It's like,
2: Monty, it's like this system Mm -hmm. is not fair. What? Yeah, so The Good Place, before we get started um, talking about The Good Place, I'm going to give one last little pitch for uh, people who haven't seen The Good Place. We've done two episodes about it already, plus the entire podcast uh, for Team Cockroach. Um, It's a sitcom. It's more than a sitcom. It's about people being sent to the afterlife. It's about more than that. It's about philosophy. It's about how to be a good person and what we owe to each other and just generally um it is of a quality that you should uh you should watch it if you haven't because it's really good and if you watch the first couple episodes and think oh i can see every episode is going to be like this i assure you it's not and you should you stick do. with it because it will <laughs> this show in four seasons uh probably did about 15 seasons worth of of story so don't don't uh, hesitate rush out go to netflix and watch the good place it's 50 episodes it's four seasons it's uh it's not a, a big commitment, and uh, they're all really good. Anything to add before we dive into, for those theoretical people who are listening to this podcast and <laughs> haven't seen The Good Place, before we uh, move on?
0: Uh, I'd just like to say it's really funny. Mm. A, a lot of times when people recommend The Good Place, they, they talk about like the high-minded philosophy behind it, <laughs> or how neat it is that it'll kind of change the entire setup every four or five episodes. It's also really funny. like It's fun to watch. mm mm-hmm.
3: Yeah and the the characters in it really you can just tell that they like each other and that chemistry between all of the characters you can it's almost palatable through the television or computer screen or wherever you're watching it and it it just is great just watch it please
2: Yeah, Mike Schur, who did uh, Parks and Recreation before this, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine is still on, and he co-created that, and of course worked on The Office for many years. So he has a great track record, and then this was his baby, where NBC basically said, hey Mike, we love you, Parks and Rec is over, make whatever show you want. And he said, well then I'm going to make a show that's super weird, that can't be described and should never have aired, and that was a good place. We're so
4: thankful for that. Can you even believe this was on a network? Can't believe
2: it. Not not how is that... And the answer is that Mike sure is a smart man and knew that he had this card to play, which was, well, they're going to basically do whatever I say. So I'm going to
1: say something really weird. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing that I discovered about this is uh, my wife and I are not big fans of most network television. We're not snobs. It just doesn't attract us. She doesn't like gory stuff. And uh, we're not always into drama. We feel like life is enough of a drama right now. So sometimes just looking for something fun. And uh, so we haven't always found series we like. And so I started watching The Good Place. I got totally wrapped up with with it i convinced lynn to watch a couple episodes and she's like yep this is it and we have just stuck with it and uh we have both of us i think we will often watch uh when the episodes originally aired we'd watch it again sometimes immediately sometimes the next day i've watched some episodes four or five times you're rewarded by repeated watching uh my younger son who is now 12, he was kind of thought it was a little oogie a couple of years ago, took a look at it, and then now was like, oh hey, this is great. And like shotgun the whole thing, caught up to us and we watched episodes together. And then we'd have these long conversations about what's in them. So even though it's, um, I mean, this is their their tagline. This is what Mark Evan Jackson says on the great accompanying podcast. It's the smartest, stu- or it's the smartest stupid show on television. Mm. Do I Have that right. And uh, because it's, it is got a lot of lowbrow and ridiculous and broad. The plenty uh, of fart jokes, humor. Yeah, yep. but but I can't think of another show. I mean, we're you know three of us in the family out of four are watching it, and uh, and we talk about it. It provokes thought. It's made me think about a lot of uh, interesting ideas. At the same time, I do like do you like the the fart jokes and the Jason jokes. So my
2: my um daughter who is now 18 has been watching this show for the last couple of years as well and I always feel like you know you can listen to us talk talk about it and say yes we're you know parents and middle-aged people and like oh they like it. <laughs> my my daughter loves it too and then she goes to college and you know what she took uh she's taking a philosophy class. So like hey. it, it has had an impact on her. Uh, although she says the philosophy class, not as fun as the, the good place. <laughs> go figure. This is shocking. news. I, mm-hmm, yeah. So, so there you go. You should watch the good place and go do that and then come back. Cause now we're going to talk about the final season of the good place. Season four just aired. And in, in this, we didn't, we never did a season three wrap up on the incomparable. I don't know why it was probably just an oversight, but in, in this season, um, we start with our characters basically trying to prove that the the current system of the afterlife is unfair, which I, I was a thing that I felt like from the beginning was going to be what this story was going to pivot to, is that the, these judgments of you get a you bad score and you get sent to the bad place where you're tortured for eternity seems like uh, that was unfair. So they, they're given an opportunity to... Um, test out their system by showing that they can improve for, uh, so specially selected people who it turns out are, um, you know, uh, problematic. And one of them is a, is a demon. So they have to erase that person and replace them with, uh, with Chidi, who's has his, his memory wiped. So they do that for a while. Um, there's more, but uh, maybe we should start with the opening block of the season, which is that now Eleanor is basically in charge of the Good Place test facility, and we've got uh, we've got these new characters, uh, Brent and Simone and uh, and the other guy
4: John
3: John
2: John yes
4: yes and the beefcake guy. <laughs> yes, and
2: the, and the fake, 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 fake old lady that turns out to be the beefcake guy who's, who was Eleanor's boyfriend, and he gets sent away, and then they erase uh, Cheedy. So, uh, what about this section of the story? Because I feel like this is a pretty clear story where suddenly our people are kind of in charge, except for Cheedy, who's had his memory wiped, and they have to figure out... Um, Coming out of the last episode of the previous season, they have to sort of see if they can improve these people, which is a a fun twist where now our people who were trapped in a good place are now running the good place, essentially.
1: I think it starts with, you know, it's always a twist on top of a twist. It wasn't unexpected maybe in the first episode that um, The Bad Place would try to swap somebody in. And, you know, they, they make someone pretend to be the most boring human being who ever lived, which is driving people nuts that they have to have this conversation with her and try to figure out how to improve her. But that twist, that cheaty has to then become, you know, when it's uncovered, Chidi has to become the fourth human for the test, has his memory erased, and oh my god, so they start the season with this unbelievable gut punch. I'm crying, you know, of course we're crying, because we've seen this relationship develop over three seasons, we've seen them go through hundreds of rebooted lifespans, and Chidi and Eleanor fall in love again again and again and again and again, and then suddenly he has to forget her. And I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think at this point, it's not clear that everyone gets all their memories back. So when they say they're wiping him, I'm not sure what happens next. I guess we're maybe supposed to understand that when it's over, he might remember everything. But but I wasn't totally clear on that, that that
0: was going to happen. Uh, They did not guarantee that it was going to happen. Certainly. Yeah. uh, At this point in the show, a lot of their decisions seemed like they had only thought five seconds ahead. (laughs) We're going to reboot. Chidi doesn't remember anything. And here are some new people. And I think their assumption was it'll go just as well as it did the first time. Except the new people they added were all bad people. Like, I think Tahani, even at the beginning, is Mm. a good person at heart. I don't think Brent is. Yeah.
4: I think one of the smart things they did was take someone that we all came to like in the third season, which was Simone.
0: Simone, yeah. And
4: bring her into the fourth season I was never quite convinced that she was bad considering how terrible Brent was. Um, But then having her just kind of be the the, um, person who could figure everything out right away made it a different kind of tension that I think they needed. Um, Plus, you've got a character there that you've got built-in trust with. So you do want to see her succeed, even if you don't care one way or the other. If Brent succeeds, except that it means something to the group. Knowing that we have to spend so much time with these characters that we don't really know, it's good that two of the four are people that we have a relationship with already.
1: I didn't think until you just said that. I just realized when we realized Simone is not a good person in the sense of a very good person. It's at the end of the first half of the season when Brent is trapped, you know, has fallen to the dogs have fallen down the well and she and John take off. She's decided that's the right decision to make. And that is the moment. Did not realize it till now. I mean, I remember watching at the time going, wow, she really kind of failed this. Is she going to come back before the simulation or the experiment is over? And she doesn't. So that, I think we spend, you know, seven episodes kind of wondering where she fits into this. And then we kind of find out that she fails that test.
3: Well, and you also kind of, we've just spent three seasons with ultimately good humans. They still have that really low-level, innate goodness in them. Um, And then to have it thrown in this new season with all of the twists and turns that we've had in the three seasons before, you're just like waiting for something to happen. And everything that does happen is just like, oh, Chidi has to be... He has to go through this again? Like It's just... stressful (laughs) i
2: agree i think that there's that moment where they put brent down in the hole and john and simone take his escalade or whatever and they leave the neighborhood (laughs) yeah and that is a really impressive moment because it's the complete abject failure of the experiment and and the fact that these two people including somebody we're rooting for have just decided they would rather escape than help somebody although that's a human reaction it is not a good reaction and it's like this thing has completely failed and they've they've it's a low point because they've they've completely blown it at that point although i I, you know i'm i'm split sometimes i feel like what the original conception in season one of the good place was was a little bit about how the rules are unfair of the afterlife The, the the kind of they're arbitrary and i think there's commentary going on where they're saying you know a lot of the stuff we get taught in organized religion is also contradictory and questionable and is not necessarily testing whether you're good or not. It's just testing whether you follow our arbitrary rules that we've set up. But mm-hmm. what we get here is that these people are actually really flawed humans who have lots of things that are bad about them, and they may not be able to make it. And And that this group doesn't seem as good innately as the other group. The other group seemed to be not not great, but good at heart and with a lot of potential, but really kind of railroaded by what the rule book is. And maybe they're soft peddling like Jason's life of crime is like, no, it's funny. <laughs> um, but here, like, it, like Brent and John, especially, and even Simone in that moment where she just takes off and leaves Chidi there with Brent in the hole or, or and yeah. right outside the hole. Like that was tough. That was, that was not my favorite part of the episode. And and, and honestly, it was one of those moments where I thought there's a lot here but because this is the final season, they're probably not going to grapple with it. They're probably just going to move on, which is what they did.
4: Yeah, that that piece in and of itself didn't really feel that satisfying because they just kind of left everything. That was yeah. a, a part that they didn't really revisit until the very last episode where we see these characters again.
1: Um, we, we don't know them? what was up in between. We got We saw all of them.
0: Uh, Brent was on a TV monitor as
4: he walked mm-hmm. by that I, so, one space. I,
0: I remember Brent. He was co- still complaining about sexism. I don't remember seeing John again. John oh, he runs came up in. to Tahani. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Yep. It's Goodbye, a, it's you. a was single
2: it? take thing where he walks in talking, talks, 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 goes all the way around and then exits. Goodbye forever. <laughs> That's it. <Yeah. laughs> so I'm going to be honest. Uh, this first part of the season is my least uh, favorite stretch of
0: episodes in in The Good Place. Uh, Same. I don't think the plot justified how unpleasant Brent was to watch. I liked in watching John. Mm
3: -hmm. Yes.
0: Brandon Scott Jones is the actor. Yeah. Uh, He also showed up on the other two. He is at least providing entertainment. Brent was just providing sour meanness.
3: Yeah. Just, just almost like making you angry and uncomfortable in ways that we hadn't really seen in the first three seasons. Um. In that really, just. Unlikable, completely don't want him to be there at all. Which I, yeah,
2: yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough because the point of the show seems to have been all along like everybody's got something. And they they have weird like Jason has really questionable circumstance and Eleanor, right? Eleanor's parents are terrible. So like there's there's she's she's in Arizona dirtbag, but there are lots of extenuating circumstances and she has potential. And Brent especially never seems to be like that, which is why that I guess there's that joke at the end that there may not be any hell in the new afterlife that gets built up in this season, but you can be tested forever. For eternity, If you don't get any better, you will never leave being tested and you will never learn and you will never get out of the tests and tests are kind of torture. But for me, not only was this run the, the weakest of the whole show, but um, episode six, a chip driver mystery, which everybody likes to talk about the funny jokes about chip driver that are in there. And they are funny. That book that is really bad. Um, I don't, that's my least favorite good place episode period um, for a few reasons. Part is there's, there is a lot of Brent, um, and then part of it is that there is this kind of bogus uh, framing sequence with Michael and Bad Janet that seems totally unmotivated, mm. except for needing to free her so that she can be a plot twist later in the season. And yeah. and it ends with a like the the moment where Michael it's all told in flashback and then he lets her go and it's like. It ends in a crashing thud, like that's it. That's the whole episode. Is well, I'm gonna let you go anyway. Bye. Uh, and that I, I, and I had that moment where I thought, oh no, the good place is the show that's gonna be great for three seasons, and then the fourth season's gonna be terrible, crashing yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't
0: because it got a lot better after this right. segment ended. But boy, this segment was not great. It was not great. Here's my hypothesis um, I like these characters together hanging out, and When you split them up and especially make Chidi not remember anything, Mm -hmm. well, it's it's less of an ensemble cast. It's not as fun (laughs) anymore. So uh, it's kind of waiting for them to get it it together. And they did get it together. And now they're all back together together. working together, and the show's fun again.
1: They also set up the expectation that, you know, every episode is a season or an entire show that someone else would have made, right? I mean, there's, there's, when season two starts, that first episode, and then the second episode, you're like, this is like most programs are in season eight and they haven't gotten this far right so having set up that expectation and i think there's a little bit of that in season two where it gets a little like well this is maybe too many episodes with not enough going on um but uh this whole first seven episodes could have been maybe two or three and we might have found it fascinating they introduce people who are you know somebody we think is good simone somebody we think is is douchey but hasn't specifically done anything bad right like he's not um he's not out murdering people. As far as we know, he doesn't cheat people. He just has this low-level continuous self, a sense of entitlement and like mild racism, but he's not, uh, so he's, you know, he's obviously, he's also a Brent Kavanaugh uh, proxy. Like, I don't know how and when they wrote it, but you know, it's obvious he's exactly that that person or that kind of person they're trying to show and they use even direct references. Um, You know, and then you bring uh, a John in there who is seemingly is he redeemable but you know he seems to you know, is, is gossiping terrible how much negativity anyway they bring them those three in and you could see how over maybe three episodes they could evolve it make us understand how Brent is more redeemable. Simone is less so and then move on. But they did it over seven.
2: Yeah. And I could see I honestly thought the end game of the show was going to be that the people that our characters were going to be put in in charge of a good place and having to test other people. That's where I thought the show was going to ultimately go at one point, at least. And so we see it here and I think, oh. I I'm glad they didn't do that because yeah. I, I, I think it goes I do think it goes on too long and it's and it's too far off and it's less fun because those characters I thought it was a bold move at the end of season three where they're like, We're gonna bring in new characters and test them. I thought, Wow, those characters better be really good and they're okay, but they're not it wasn't, I think, good enough to to spend those episodes on.
1: Theories at the end of this episode of what we think the show was going to happen in it we before can, we found out what it actually did. We can do that.
2: Sure. There's definitely a lot of wild speculation. Um, so after the experiment ends, we end up with this idea that they're going to be they're going the judge is going to rule about what's going on um they there's an episode where they everybody gets a sort of a dream funeral where they talk to each other which is kind of interesting <laughs> given where the show goes at the very end um uh we get an episode with uh just Cheety because the judge rules that um that uh, they're they're gonna have to come up with a new afterlife system, and they need cheaty to do that. So they load cheaty's memories back in, and we sort of get the depths of uh, like cheaty's story, which is a really nice episode. I love that approach to a clip show, where yeah.
0: about a third of it we saw, the other two thirds of our stuff we could have seen, right? But is new. Yeah, it never felt like it was just rehashing old material. The whole right. thing was like, we're going to show you. Chidi's character arc, in case you missed it the first time, and some of it I did. I was I was sold by that episode. I loved it. Yeah, it
3: was beautiful, and mm-hmm. the last little note, just like okay, it, it helped me reassure myself that it's not going to be a different show uh, ending. That turnaround into this new section of the season really seemed to reassure both the audience, but also I'm guessing like their writing of it, that, okay, we're going to change course. We're going to move into this direction back almost to what you remembered in the first seasons, but still really add just a cherry on top in the end of the season.
2: Yeah. The cheaty episode is great. Um, Really well done. And then we get our episode where um, they have to essentially have their little trial, their little court case about (laughs) this. In terms of theories about what the show is going to be, I felt early on that it was absolutely going to be the argument that essentially that this show is about incarceration and rehabilitation, and the idea that throwing somebody away because they did something bad is immoral, and that what you need to do is give people the opportunity to improve themselves and it sort of is, but this episode in the middle here um, you know episode ten where they have the alternative proposal and timothy oliphant is also there um, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's interesting because it, it goes in a little bit different direction than i expected i thought that the show was going to say people need a, t- a chance to improve and the rules are unfair um this goes further by ultimately saying um torturing anyone is unfair everybody needs to be given a second chance And the people who learn and improve, which is a a very um, different kind of concept from uh, the sort of like Western religions... The idea that you just are—you have this cycle where you keep giving an op- yourself an opportunity to improve—that is what they end up coming up with. And um, of course, it's funny because Sean refuses, and until they come up with a jobs program to employ demons, which they do, po- it's all politics, people. It's all politics yes. in the afterlife. And, uh, and I think it's an interesting take on it, that, that in the end, it's not just that the system is unfair and it's not just that uh, people should be given an opportunity to improve themselves, but it's also that the entire idea of hell and torment uh, for people who did bad things in their life is itself immoral, and
1: that's what the show is saying. There's a fundamental flaw with the show, which I don't think is exactly a flaw. It's that um, if the universe is fundamentally unfair— the show never it's kind of like the harry potter world and many magic worlds where we're never under, given a we're never given an understanding of what the source of things are so we know there's you know these immortal beings we know they have vast amounts of power we know they've been given a task but we don't know why we don't know by whom or if by anybody, we don't know why the points are the way they are. They have a whole department. The accounting department is constantly coming up with points. What system are they using? Under what evaluation? Why do they have the right to do it? Why is life so short and the afterlife infinite? Uh, afterlife infinite. There's, there's no answers to these questions, which is awesome because they're not answerable questions. They're basically, it creates a mechanism by which you can view the arbitrariness of the world in ridiculous numbers and have hilarious things attached to them, you know, like listening to Coldplay or or something like that, mm-hmm. or, you know, picking up a piece of litter. And I think that's actually part of the brilliance of the show is that I expected more of this would be revealed. I wondered if we'd get a, a Matrix part three architect reveal, ah, uh-huh, the architect, or something. I thought, what were they going to go that route? I am so glad they didn't, because what ultimately happened is, um, and I think... The judge's role, I mean, she's not a god or a god. She just has an enormous amount of power over the situation, and everyone defers to I mean, she has the power, and everyone sort of defers to her. But, but by not resolving it, it means that we have to succumb to the fact that we live in an arbitrary universe. There's no solution. It's maybe a little more understandable in the sense that you can look at these numbers and systems, but it still remains fundamentally unknowable. One of the theories
2: that I had, talking about theories that I had was that in the end, Janet was going to be a Janet at least was going to be God. Yeah. Wrong. It's Derek. And It turns out it's Derek <laughs> uh, sort of uh, infinite reboots and all of that. But instead the good place, a show about the afterlife is a show where there is no God essentially, or at least right. none that we exactly. see. Exactly. There are bureaucrats and there's a system, but they could just change the system and there's a judge, but the judge, you know, when she's not watching her, you know, DVDs of Friday Night Lights is she's just, she's an immortal being, but she's just a judge. That's her job. And the doorman is a doorman and he likes frogs, but he's just the doorman. And there is no. There's the, the committee that's in charge of The Good Place, but they're just an ineffectual committee that gets dissolved the moment <laughs> that Michael walks into The Good
1: Place right. so and
2: great. run away and we never see them. again. <laughs> oh, it's yeah.
1: so great.
2: But there's no God. And, and, and that's, I'm a little surprised and it's kind of funny that that's where it ends up is, is this is about us making our own systems. Even in the afterlife, it's about people trying to make the
1: lot of other people better. And that's what the show is. Now I'm going to disagree with you. There is a God. There is a God. Okay, tell, lay it on me. Okay, here's the thing. So they set us up for this, and I only noticed it on the on a subsequent watching of the final two episodes. So at some point, okay. So I, I don't want to go on and on about this because I have lots of theories. I can do more <laughs> theories later. Let me tell you. Look, I've got I've got red string, red yarn everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, no, but so I thought at one point I thought, oh, Mindy St. Clair will obviously be revealed as God oh, because yeah. she's in that place between worlds. Oh. She's right. That was my That's thought. What I with, was
0: thinking. The center of the seesaw. Yes, the, and she the asks, middle point. Yeah, and she
1: move and she moves things forward. She's the reason that they improve because they come and find her, and she gives them information. She gives she shows owner the videotape. Like, oh, they are totally setting us up. And at some point, it's going to be like, all right, you got me. I'm God. That's not God. Okay, we know that's not God, and I'm not happy with her resolution, but that's okay. Another issue. We'll get there, but. Uh, uh, Michael ultimately becomes God, yeah. and then he gives up his God hope because because they give him the Good Place uh, uh, Committee, signs over all of their rights forever in eternity, and they give him a medal— then he revises the entire afterlife system, and in one of the final scenes in his office with the four portraits of his friends, his medal is up on the wall. He's become God. It's the watchmaker analogy, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. what yeah. we're really
2: arguing is that is that whoever's in charge of the good place is God, but that's not sort quite of. right, because the obviously Sean has a say. Sean is the devil, sort of, but the judge has a say. They have to all agree. So it's it's not quite like what... What is? How, how did this all come to be? How that that is never answered, and I think that's that's the part that I find fascinating. Instead, I agree. Instead, the the point of the the committee leaving is very much like God is a job that nobody wants, okay. which
1: is <laughs> that's very very good. I, that's I think.
3: Uh, additionally, the fact that there's no God, but also there's no Satan. There's yeah. no. There's just like, Sean. Just Sean, you know...
2: And he just, you know, he has feelings. He just wants something to do. Yeah, he's
3: bored. He wants to give his friends something to do, something that they enjoy. You know, it...
2: it, it. Turns out Vicky is really great at running The Good Place. I am
3: so glad
0: that Vicky stuck around for the whole series. Oh my gosh, yes. Love that actress. She's 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 amazing. I'm also delighted that Sean became such a big thing, because I have loved Mark Evan Jackson forever, and People know who he is
2: now. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's a there's a moment in the last episode um and we'll, we'll get there because I want to talk about these last three episodes especially. There there's a, a moment in the last episode where Sean um he does like five faces in yes. in in like a <laughs> yes. second because it's yes. like, "Oh, uh, relief, happy." Wait, I'm supposed to be evil. Eyebrow, right? And yeah. it's just
3: <laughs> yeah. so great because it's, it's like so good. you can
2: see it all that he's like, oh, I'm I'm actually happy. I mustn't show it. And it's it's yeah, great good stuff from from Mark Evan Jackson because he's he's yeah, he's the devil sort of, but he's not. He's a bureaucrat who yep. has a job, and that that's that's anyway that's one of the things I love about the kind of way that this is portrayed is yes, it's about the afterlife, and yet it is kind of a workplace sitcom, and there's and the afterlife is a bureaucracy, and there is no unknowable force above that sends down commands. It turns out we make our own prison, uh, you know, and we can change it if we want to. And that's part of the message of the show in the end is that only we make these rules.
1: If we change them, they change. Well, I think part of the good thing, too, is that um, the people running the system who've been tasked with it for reasons that they're not even sure, they don't think it's a good system either. Even the judge basically admits um, that it's not a great system, you know, because she's going to reboot everything. She's like, yeah, you're right. You know, wait, what? I mean, that was... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So the the last three episodes. So uh, episode 11, Mondays, Am I Right?, is the handoff episode where basically um, our team, who has built a new system for all of humanity to be judged and improved in the afterlife, uh, this is what would normally be maybe a last episode of a show. They yeah, they yeah. hand off, <laughs> and and it's and it's two weeks before the last episode. They hand off all of the work uh, to. The demons to Vicky. (laughs) Um, And the idea here is that they have uh, they've solved this problem. Humanity is going to improve. People are not going to be endlessly tortured. There don't need to be butthole spiders anymore. Uh, But everybody's got a system. And, you know, it's quite remarkable because it's it's like the victory lap. They're like, you did it. Which, again, congratulations! like this sounds like this should be the last act of the last episode. And instead, it's like, no, you get to see the whole thing play out from what happened in the previous episode. And at the end, they're like, OK, now you can go to the good place. And that's that's that whole episode. It's quite interesting.
4: So I feel like this season is kind of plagued with pacing problems. Mm. And these last three really highlight that for me, even mm-hmm. though I like how they ended things. It just seemed like so many things went very conveniently for everyone especially when you have to really think that almost everyone that we have met throughout the course of the story who has anything to do with the way that the good place or the bad place are run, or even Jen are just so bored all the time. (laughs) Like they're miserable too, (laughs) but they're the ones enforcing everything. And so, you know, it, it seemed like kind of a, a cheat that Eleanor just comes into what is ridiculously a conference room, which is so funny. The fact that they're like in, in a, having a drab party um and that heaven is basically through a set of glittery green doors um just so cheap but the uh the fact that it's just solved so quickly and everyone's so happy with the way that it turned out it just i don't know it it didn't work for me
0: it was like the plot knew how many episodes were left in the season
4: yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, I, I I could say that about this whole season that there's this thing that I talk about sometimes about these season long story arcs where there's that that pivot point where you stop telling your story forward and you start telling your story by going to the end and backing up. Oh, yeah, and when those things collide in the middle, you often get some really bad episodes because you need these five things to happen so that we can get to the end of the story. And it's no longer happening kind of organically forward. It's happening f- being pushed backward from the last episode. And I, I think this episode, it's, it's the furniture moving problem. And I think this episode season moves a lot of furniture at a few places. I think that's actually why I'm so frustrated is those first seven episodes are w- way too much time for that premise. And then right. here at the end, we get three episodes that feel like each of them could have probably been a whole season of the good place, and certainly could have been more than one single episode. And for a show that is obsessively plotted, you know, right down to the last in advance before they write the episodes, it's surprising that this this happened. But I think they, I think they had an ending that they wanted, and they think they they had a beginning that they knew they had, and then they had to find a way to patch them together. And it's a little bit disappointing because uh, I agree. I think I think the pacing is kind of all over the place, and 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 that they. You can feel it when they're turning it to, here are the five things we need to do to get to the end of the show.
1: Also, I mean, it's pretty clear, anybody who's read uh, any kind of history of religion or contemplated the notion of perfection, like, you know, the good place is going to be boring. We have met... You know, a couple seasons before this, we've met the Good Place committee, and they are ineffectual and awful. We've seen the <laughs> sort <are> of great. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> are. I'm <laughs> they are. They are completely wonderful. Uh, but there's also, do you notice that the composition of the group changes a bit over time because obviously people keep quitting. Well, they for keep resigning. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. so no, just keeps... because
0: I only notice Paul Sheer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> there, are,
1: there are other people, but so you know, you know, there's a. I mean, this is the ultimate thing. Like, I wondered if they were ever. I mean this you know Jason as you say like every these last three episodes each of them could be the end of the season a lot of episodes in this show could have been the last episode sure. Uh, except for the first half of the of the season and uh when they get to the point of you're going to go to the good place I'm kind of like oh no but my immediate reaction when they said you're going to go is oh they're going to get there and the whole thing's going to be broken and then Eleanor's going to have to fix it right? and unfortunately that was the episode and I enjoyed how they resolved it but it was so quick and so yeah. Pat with Patty. I do
2: love that Pat, episode 12, Patty, with, with oh uh, Hi- Hypatia, and it's Lisa Kudrow. And, oh my gosh, and that's it's great. great. And so appara- according good. to the official podcast, they had a discussion, since Friends exist in the Good Place universe, what does it mean that Lisa Kudrow is there? And they're like, dude, we got Lisa Kudrow to be on The Good Place. Let's just go with it. And we're like, <laughs> all right, you're right.
1: We're re-watching the whole series uh, with Rex. We're all watching it another time, and uh, you don't realize, even in the first season, there are so many Friends references. Oh, yeah. It is hilarious. Yeah. But so to, to get here, here, and, and you know, one of the things
2: this show does so well is apply logic to, you know, whether you want to call, say, mythology or religion or anything like that, to apply some logic to it and say, well, wait a second. And that Patty episode is so remarkable because it's like, okay, you have eternity And what does that mean for a a finite person that we think of ourselves as humans? What happens if you have eternity? And they go there and they find out that everybody is a happiness zombie. They are bored. Uh, Even great philosopher Hypatia is completely bored Um, Other than the milkshakes, which are made with stardust there. It's just super boring because they've tried everything. They've done everything. She says she gets gets orgasms all the time, which is great because she never had sex when she was on Earth. But, like, even that, it's just like, but then I've done that for thousands of years. And, you know, even that is boring. Like, there is... It is that applying of logic, which is, well, wait a second. Like, in the end, even if you're given as a as a person, you're like, in the afterlife, you'll have unlimited time to do whatever you want. Even then, you will run out of those things. You will do them all, yeah. and f- and that's what this episode is. And so, and so it perfectly sets up the final episode, which is very clear what's going to happen, which is all of our characters are going to get their happy ending and do it all and then want to leave. But in this episode, in Patty they do exactly what Glenn said, which is they solve the good place, which is you need to be able to end it. You need, and and you could read this as it's, it's, there's so much, how many PhD, uh, Dissertations will be written about the good place. Oh, it's, so many. Uh, but because this is, you could talk about this as being about um, about euthanasia. Um, you could talk about it, I, like, philosophically, it is about saying, I've done everything I can, and I'm choosing now to to go, because yep. eternity, in the end, just like immortality, <laughs> is not a blessing. Like, we all want more time, but infinite time, you will do everything
1: and ha- still have infinite time left. And what do you do then? This goes back. I'm trying to remember. Is it, uh, Gulliver's travels where he meets, he goes somewhere and it turns out there's an immortal species, but they are mortal people, but they just keep getting older and older and they get senile and they eventually get buried and they never die, but they never, there's no change. They've lost all their mental capacity or, or, um, my favorite one is Wow Banger, Wow Bagger, the infinitely prolonged from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Universe, where he accidentally gets, uh, immortality to, uh, uh, Bestowed upon him by a scientific experiment, and uh, he's not good at it. And the book is, and it's a great. I mean, Douglas Adams famously a uh, a very public atheist. Uh, the notion of like having to spend eternity with yourself when you were not born or created that way. So the judge has no real problem with Eternity. I mean, she's kind of, you know, she's discovered podcasts. You know, there's like a billion of them out there. <laughs> right. And they just go on and on. They keep making You could spend Eternity
2: them. if you need to listen to podcasts.
1: You could yeah. do like I I take it back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so the, ju- the judge like, is cool with it.
2: Yeah, she's and, like, man, so- incomparable. 500 episodes and still going strong. You're going to listen to the <laughs> next 500. Oh, God. Oh, no. What have I said?
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> but, but people who are like, mortals don't do well... Uh with eternity because we can't we know it's just not within our ken.
0: I mean we're mortals. Mortal doesn't mean lives Whoa, forever. Yeah.
1: Holy cow.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the the idea of again, I keep coming back to sort of euthanasia, you know, assisted suicide kind of things of the you know that at some point you need to choose your time. And so they that's what they do is they essentially build this system where they're gonna create a a little uh a gate you walk through and you're and, and I will say also One of the things this show does that I really love, and and it's undercut by the last scene, which is nice, but um, up until that last scene, what they say is basically, we don't know what happens next. And I almost wanted the show to end with us literally not knowing. I, I also kind of wanted the show to end with everybody who steps through the gate goes somewhere else and there's another wacky thing that we never <laughs> get to see where it's like, well, like, now what do we have to do? The end. That's
0: just Jonathan Livingston Seagull again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it, 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 I, I think it would be funny they did a very similar joke that I liked in the final episode. But I like the idea of like, again, saying that there's no God or whatever is going on in the afterlife. There's, there's no explanation of what else happens. That even when yeah. they get to the good place... And they build this gate. It's like, what happens when you walk through the gate? I don't know, is the answer. We don't actually know. You just go from here and are gone.
3: Yeah. I love that. It was beautifully done. Uh, uh, I, these choices for this final episode, um, I approve of wholeheartedly. And it almost made up for the start of the season. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh, no. Um yeah, because the, in the final
2: episode, we might as well get to it. The final episode is just about, now that they've created oh. the, the door that everybody can walk out of and leave the good place, the final episode is literally uh, many, many Jeremy Baramies um, people, <laughs> and, and, and it's kind of beautiful, right? It's, it's basically the, your final point in the good place is you get to do everything you ever wanted to do and be everything you ever wanted to be. And once you've done it all and seen it all and experienced everything, then you go. So take your time, um, and and it's it's beautiful. Like Jason masters oh. Madden,
1: <laughs> Yep. that was amazing.
2: Uh, Tahani uh, becomes a master woodworker with the help of uh, Nick <laughs> Offerman, <laughs> um, but also like her, has a final acceptance from
1: her parents. Yeah. And,
3: oh. and,
2: and that, and that does it for, for her.
1: Oh, oh, that scene though, that was great. Like we were talking about, you know, people could be going through this karmic wheel of sorts forever. I mean, they basically are recapitulating the idea of a karmic wheel. Yeah. So you might never get better, but I thought they said at some point you might go to the bad place, right? Like you could actually never improve and you'd be sent off, but, but it sort of seems to imp- imply that there's no exact bad place Yeah, It anymore. seems like
0: you just are, are tested forever. Yeah. Right. By yeah, the, the bad so, place is the infinite test. Oh,
1: right, yeah, right. That's Although why the demon signed on. Right, <laughs> yeah. you're, dim, you're dimly aware of it, but potentially you get more and more aware. So when Tahani's parents uh, uh, show up, it's actually an amazing thing because it's been hundreds or thousands of Jeremy Burmy. It's been a long time, but they made it. They made it. I found that incredibly touching. And her relationship with her sister, like they fulfilled all that. It's like it's all a little wish fulfillment. Like, isn't this what she, the family that they always wanted? But it's still like they all earned it. They got there because they earned it. It's yeah. the good place. You're
0: allowed to have wish fulfillment in
3: <laughs> That's all there is,
0: is wish fulfillment. Once you get there, sure. This is the only note I have written down from actually watching the finale. <laughs> when Jason said, I'm leaving through the door, I could feel my chest tighten up. Oh, uh-huh. oh. Just tears for the rest of the episode.
2: I have to admit, um, that moment where Jason and Janet go to the door oh. and she says, <sighs> I'm going to leave you here and go, it's touching And then she leaves and I think, oh, he didn't go through the door because it's Jason. He's a big goofball and he's going (laughs) to not have gone through the door and it's going to be a joke later. And it totally was, which is great. I was like, Jason can't do this right. He can't even do his final thing
3: right. He can't even leave the the, heaven or the good place correctly. Now you
0: are being mean because in fact what happens (laughs) is he turned into the... Giannu, turned, well, the that's, monk he was pretending the to was be. The he ends up becoming moment. a monk
2: who, who is contemplating uh his universe and Janet and the thing that he got for her for millions of years out there in the woods, which yes, it's a beautiful ending. But I, I just had that moment where I thought, there's gonna be another Jason joke. We're not done with the Jason jokes yet, are we? And we were not. Uh but yeah. then and then in fact uh you about that mandy Jacinto is so good and that 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 character is so great um so sweet so dumb but also so sweet and and um his exit because chidi leaves yeah. right Cheety chidi, 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 chidi that's and that's a great reveal and we'll get to Cheedy and eleanor here but Cheedy <laughs> leaves and the last thing he says is hey Cheedy, wait up and then he runs through like does he think that they're gonna
3: like, uh, like be together? <laughs> and,
2: and, and that that's kind of fed into my theory about maybe they do end up somewhere else, is like, oh, Jason got it right again. I, you know, but instead it's just like, yeah, he doesn't, it's not really it's fine. Like, it's fine, because they are, they're going through together. And hey buddy, wait up,
1: is it's kind of a sweet perfect last, last so moment perfect. For, for that goofball. No, I, I think the one of the best jokes in this entire season, maybe in the whole show, is when she says, Oh, kind of like a monk, and he says what? what do you mean? Or, or, or was it, how do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and it's just, it's so, like, f- a thousand You've Jeremy accumulated Burmys all this wisdom. Or, well, mm, no. Mm, yeah. He's he yeah. not doing serenity anything.
0: Serenity and peace. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the thing is, Jason does, he doesn't necessarily know, but he does. He he progresses as a person without kind of that conscious level of it. And that's just, that's Jason Mendoza. Yeah. That's his story.
1: But he has those great lines. The The air outside your lungs is the same as the air inside, right? The uh, the pressure yeah. being equal. But then he gives us the
0: jalapeno popper uh, <laughs> analogy, which is also just as good. Yeah. And his dance squad, pretty professional. Pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: legit. They've had a
1: turn to work
2: on it. Oh yeah. my God, you're right. Eleanor and Chidi. This is the real question right which is okay anybody can leave when they want to but if you're with your soulmate you're with your partner what does that mean and and what we find is that chidi's been ready to leave for a while and hasn't Mm -hmm. said because he he knows what it will do to eleanor and she finally figures it out and is trying to convince him to stay they did all this location shooting they're in (laughs) in greece they're in paris um, it, it's it, it's beautiful, um, and 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 it, it ends up with that the the moment is that she realizes that what we owe to each other she she owes it to Chidi to allow him to leave because he won't leave unless she's okay with it, and so that mm-hmm. means she can she can keep him forever, and that's her kind of mo- her moment of realization that. She what she owes to him is to let him go, even though she loves him, which is beautiful on a lot of levels in the show and also the idea of letting go of a loved one at all. Mm
4: -hmm. So I knew what I was getting into with this episode. I spent the entire time just bracing myself. And as far as I'm concerned, this is the Weeping Sarah comedy hour. Mm. Uh, Just crying throughout. But it wasn't this part that did it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I felt worse for Janet. Um, I always...
3: Yes, I bought
4: that relationship far more than I ever bought Eleanor and Chidi. And I like what they were trying to say here. I think all of it's poetic and beautiful. And I think all the all those things need to be explored. Um, but gosh, at the end of the day, Janet is just um, getting things for people. <laughs> well, well, everyone's gone. Yeah.
2: Well, so and Janet's eternal. Right. So Janet. It, 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 okay, I'm going to bring in Doctor Who here for a minute. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, it, or Doctor Manhattan. I, I, it's, it's, I was going to earlier, yeah. I think you're on the right track. Yeah, because this is, with Janet and Michael, It's about an imbalance. It's about the fact that, like, Doctor Who was always a show that was like, oh, the Doctor and his companions and they leave and we don't really talk about it. And the modern Doctor Who series has been much more clear on the fact that what is it like being immortal, essentially, effectively, which is you can't stay with the people you love. You have to Mm -hmm.
0: let them go. So you just complain about missing rose for an extra season and a
2: half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the era just, but
2: that yes. seemed
0: like eternity it's yes okay.
2: but uh and, and that's what I kept thinking about with Janet is that Janet's farewell to to Jason it, which there are two of them because he's he's a, he's a, he's a goopball. Um <laughs> is beautiful in the same way that it's tragic because she goes on forever and he doesn't and so they have to say goodbye But she also is an eternal being and she says, I'm always with you. Like Dr. Manhattan, that's absolutely right, right? Which is like, I experience all time and space at once and so you're always with me and you will always be with me. I can't forget you. And so I, I really liked that combination, that sort of like sweet and sour, the bittersweet kind of moment of the tragedy of being an immortal being who loves finite beings, but also the beauty of it because she has a different perspective on it. Um, Chidi and Eleanor was just about like not being selfish and, and, and wasn't that one of Eleanor's big things that she had to get over? it really is the lesson
4: she needed to learn. Even, even the
2: most important thing to you, you got to not be selfish, Eleanor. Whereas with, with, uh, Janet, who's a fascinating character, I feel like one of the greatest characters ever made on TV. Mm -hmm. It's this other, it's, it's this otherworldly kind of like,
0: she is both finite and infinite. I think Janet is the best thing about the show. Yeah. Partly because Darcy Carden is amazing, right? <sighs> yeah. um, so yeah. incredible. W- incredible One thing I love about her, they never once did a camera trick to make her appear. Right. The You know, the gimmicky thing that's been going on since George Melies? Yes. They just cut to a different angle and she was there. And it worked yeah. every time. <laughs> that,
1: did you notice every time they were surprised where she appeared? Every, yeah. We're rewatching the show and I realize I sort of remember it the first time through and I'm like, wait a minute. Literally every time she's not always behind
0: them. She's always in a place they didn't expect. And yeah. The actors always do a perfect job. Here's what I think is really interesting about Janet and also Derek. They have a different afterlife setup than all the mortals.
1: Oh, yeah. They yeah. have
0: serial reincarnation. Right. Where they get slightly more enlightened Ooh, each time. Uh-huh. They're in a whole different mythos. Derek keeps getting rebooted because he's super annoying.
3: But yes (laughs) definitely got better. Mindy
2: just got bored. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It just shuts them up for a minute. So it's it's worth doing. But yeah, no, you're right. They they have they every time they reincarnate, they get a little bit they remember everything that they've done and they get a little bit better. They improve. Um, but she's also, you know, she's an infinite being um, that effect too is like they just didn't they didn't want to do the we're all infinite beings I, Jason. Mm, ooh, ooh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the the effect of janet m- making things appear or she appears and you never see it pop in is something that they did to save money and then realized that there was an art to it to the point where in the final episode directed written and directed by mike sure there is a conversation that happens in michael's office that is a single shot Um, And yeah, it's actually a single shot that that has some, you know, wipes in it, some rope slash 1917 kind of tricks in it. But the scene where they're in his office is all in one one take and it's moving around. And it's amazing because it's Janet appears during that shot. And the way it works is they move the shot so that she can step in behind Ted Danson and then they move again. And it is revealed that she's behind, and it's ama- It's so good, like it's so. It's not necessary, and yet it's brilliant that Janet. We never see Janet be magical. She's just always appearing in places we don't expect.
0: Yeah, people have spent so much time holding perfectly still while somebody sneaks onto or off of a set. It turns out you just need a really good ding noise.
3: <laughs> yep, yeah, well, that's all you need. Get that ding! They blew the whole
1: budget on the uh, Derek effect at the end, the yeah. entire four seasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, appar- apparently,
1: according
2: to the official podcast, that was uh, the the David Noggle, the uh, the guy who does the special effects, was like, I can. I could do this, and went away, and came back with that thing, and people are like, "All right, that's crazy." That's <laughs> uh, Derek is like a galaxy, I guess,
1: with little derricks and little martini glasses, and I don't even know what it is. Every little martini glass has, has a, Derek, a Derek, Derek in it. it. Yeah, which little martini glasses? Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to put it a plug in though. If you rewatch the show, I actually think the po- the official podcast is amazing, and Mark yes. Evan Jackson is. Uh, I mean, this is like a sidebar. That's my thing, right? This is a sidebar. Yeah. Um, is uh, Mark Evan Jackson is. The most wonderful podcast host. He is so sincere and genuine and funny. It is an emotional thing. They rib, they, you know, they razz each other as only people who are who are good coworkers and good friends can do. And at the end, when he says, you know, you know what's good, and they do that sometimes silly, but sometimes almost heart rending moment. A uh, heart rending moment of something that's important to them. Uh, it's just a. It is a great. It's like the perfect. It's the perfect companion to the show because it has just as much heart and is just as top to bottom, you know, highbrow, lowbrow as the show. So let me
2: um, ask about Eleanor in the last episode. So after cheaty leaves, uh, which is a i I really like that moment. Where she's like, just while I'm asleep, just leave. And and yeah. he leaves her he leaves her a beefcake calendar of cheating, which oh is God, just so good. Uh, and again, there's there's your highbrow lowbrow, right? It's like yeah. just what a stupid joke that is. It's great.
1: It says one full Jeremy Baremy on the bottom. And those are weird looking months. What does what
2: does Eleanor have to do to reach her point where she's willing to leave? And it turns out that Mindy Sinclair is the answer and that she has to convince Mindy Sinclair to leave the medium place and get better how do you how do you feel about like that being the thing that uh that Uh, that (laughs) that that and and making Michael a real boy are like her final moments of like I I gotta clean up some things before I'm out of here yeah yeah I like checking in on Tahani again yeah. Right. We got. We haven't even mentioned. Tahani just decides to become a good place architect, which is awesome. Which and is so great. unexpected that she's just like, no, I just want to do something. I want to be creative, and so she's going to go do that, which is great. And that yes, they do check in on her.
1: Well, speaking of becoming God, she learns how to do. I mean, not becoming God, but she learns how to become good at everything, everything. there is to be good. So she has another level to ascend to.
4: I feel like once Eleanor and Chidi had their final moment, it was kind of just. Junk drawer stuff for Eleanor to do. Yeah, she's clean, um,
2: cleaning up her last, her last like to do list.
4: Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Say um, Claire, it didn't check. necessarily have to be the things that it was. Although you know, we kind of saw the Michael thing coming. I, but
2: I, I feel like she had to do something, right? Because right. If it, I don't think the right ending would have been. Oh well, Chidi, if you're ready to go, then I'll go with you because right. my I oh, yeah. Yeah. mind the is terrible. being your girlfriend. Like that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Right. She had to have something. The Mindy St. Clair thing was interesting because I was like, I did not expect that. The Michael thing makes perfect sense, right? That final act of kindness to make Michael a a real boy is... uh, That makes sense. Releasing the genie from the bottle. Yeah.
3: Uh, But I I really like this connection because... So Mindy St. Clair basically gave Eleanor... Her understanding of her afterlife, I guess. And so being able to let her ascend to the good place, be able to go get out of this mediocre life that she was in was something that was not would is not something that would exist in season one. Eleanor, um, she has truly become this good person because she wants to take care of everything that she can.
1: She really has to go collect Minnie St. Clair because Minnie St Clair is the only person who hasn't gone into the system, and Eleanor being the super ethical person she is now and being considerate, she can't leave Mindy behind, so it's a loose end that they've set up has to be resolved. I mean Minnie could have come in on her own, but also, I feel like they brought her back just to have that line. I'm really glad I taped you
0: guys having sex.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, me too. It is Hi, a funny show.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a sitcom. Uh-huh. You're allowed to do some work for a joke. Yep. Right. That was that
1: was, but it but it made sense. It was it had to be resolved. They didn't have to resolve it that way. But she couldn't be left off. You know, in the medium place, even with Derek. Yeah, I do yeah. like
4: that. Essentially, like Eleanor and Mindy are cut from the same cloth. So when they right. have that conversation together, they're both coming to a realization. Um, and that line about you know thanks for giving a crap about me I never gave a crap about myself that one got me
3: yeah <sighs> yep
4: every character had something in it that made me just happy they brought everybody back we even got Glenn who like got goo on Tahani but she was yeah. so gracious
0: shut up Glenn shut up Glenn uh...
2: <laughs> oh. oh I didn't I didn't mean you Glenn I meant the other oh, Glenn oh
4: <laughs>
2: okay so the last thing that happens is that, um, okay, Eleanor goes through the gate and we see what happens, which is that she sort of starts to glow and little sparkly things come off of her and uh, one of them goes to Earth and uh, the last scene is that there's a guy who gets a, a an envelope delivered to his mailbox that's not for him and he goes and
0: takes it to Michael. Kurt Braunohler, Kristen Schall's comedy partner.
2: Oh, oh. And Michael is uh, delighted to get this piece of junk mail that uh he could have just thrown away but he's sort of inspired and the implication is that the glowy bits of eleanor have somehow inspired him to be a little bit uh better and michael thanks him and says take it sleazy and that's the end of the episode and the show yeah
1: My name is michael real man
2: michael real man he's definitely a real man <laughs> yep <laughs> i i so i will admit um i thought this was a little subtle in that i didn't even get that there were sparkly bits going to through the Thing. Oh. i like didn't even get that
3: no i didn't either <laughs>
2: uh, oh. uh.
3: until i read the wikipedia i was like oh yeah okay yeah yeah well which is fine i'm i'm it's i'm not the most observant person i will be the first to admit it
0: were your eyes dimmed by tears i think that's probably what, what <laughs> that's was definitely sure, as yeah.
3: witnessed by my twitter thread i was crying through the entire thing so it was hard to acknowledge anything on the screen and
2: honestly this is we t- we've been talking about how this show is is about something and it's also touching but it's also funny this scene this last scene is it necessary no but it, yes because if the if the show ends with eleanor stepping through the door and dissolving into a mist because she's done everything she needs to do I don't know, like, I, I, this is why I said I kept expecting there to be a punchline that was what's on the other side is, oh, geez, now we've got something else to do and that would be the end. Because, like, you've got to end it with a little punch. And instead they end it with Michael, who's a human and delighting in all of the dumb things about being a human living on Earth, like all of us, uh, is delighting in getting junk mail. And, you know, again, I think it needed to end on that lighter kind of note while also... Um, showing us sort of Michael living this life that he's delighting in. So I, I felt it was necessary. How did you feel about like exactly how this show ended up the last the last little bit?
4: I loved that Mary Steenburgen was teaching him how to play guitar. Yes. yes. yes.
0: So he didn't know how to play all that time he was writing a song. No, <laughs> great.
4: Well, and I had just learned from Rachel, my co-host, about her recent life experience with all that guitar stuff, and that's so interesting. But at the same time, this was this was my it's a wonderful life moment for Michael, where like, you know, he opens up his junk mail and an angel gets its wings. And it was just sentimental in just the right way. I
3: liked that we got to see Michael um, because this entire series, he's so excited about humans. Um, It's very much Mr. Weasley from... Harry Potter with the muggle stuff. And so his delight in all of these things meant that the, the series ends on a high note that wasn't like everyone lives happily ever after. I mean, it, it was, but not in the, Oh, fakeness so much as Michael really is happy. And I'm so excited that like you get to see his joy and his magic, interacting with other humans and gets to let other people have a good life and be a little bit of happy and joy in their lives too. And it just, it needed it because the show started with Eleanor, you know, waking up in the bad place on that sign. And it so easily could have ended that same way and been bookends. And by adding the little cherry on top of Michael was just fantastic.
0: I liked grounding the show a bit right at the end because you know by the end of it these people have been in literal heaven for eternities and bringing it back to anyway we've had a lot of good talk about philosophy folks but <laughs> yeah. you know what you could actually do to make people's lives better and yeah. something on earth i thought was really nice <laughs> yeah it, it was yeah. a little abstract towards the end <laughs> I felt the
1: whole shape of the episode was good, because it didn't need to happen at all. Like, at the end of episode 12, I was thinking, well, what conflict do they introduce? Everyone is happy, they're cuddling on a sofa, this is like, you know, they're entering perfection, and they've already shown that there's a way to cope with perfection. So the whole episode had to have a shape in which, I mean, they're really, you know, the only conflict is Eleanor briefly trying to figure out if she can keep Chidi, but we know she's now too selfless to allow that. She's too integrated a person. So the whole I mean I've only watched it twice but the second time I felt like they had just kind of created this perfect kind of teardrop of a, of a shape and so every bit of it kind of gels together. And then it has to end this way. You have to see the only person who has room left to grow. And it's Michael because he's just beginning this process. He's learned so much. He remembers who he is, but he still is going to grow old and die and then go through the entire process and wind up where he is. And and the, I mean, I think actually when we see Janet at teary or, or, you know, when, when he leaves and she doesn't for, uh, for, uh Jason is because she knows she's gonna see him again and she has to miss him because he'll be back. Right. Yeah. Janet's the best. She really I
3: is. I
0: love Janet. It's a really good show.
1: <laughs>
3: Overall,
2: we are we are putting this uh show I was gonna say in the ground, but like through the through the gate in the Redwoods. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I I referenced Glenn putting it into our Hall of Fame, you know, seemingly prematurely after the first season. Um, uh, but that that wasn't the case Woohoo! that this is this is <laughs> uh in the end for a network sitcom like it is uh i think perfectly sized at 50 odd episodes um it was such a great combination of nice which i think is a thing that Mike Schur shows always are is the people are good and you like them and they're not awful people in them and it's, it's enjoyable to watch the characters because they're not awful. Um, but also, it was about something. And it, we spent a lot of time talking about philosophy and about what uh, what it means to be a good person while having fart jokes and other dumb right. jokes and lots of puns from Megan Amram that are scattered throughout. Oh, my God. And uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I love everybody's kind of final take on on The Good Place as a whole, I, I just wanted to say I feel like we're very lucky that we got it, that Mike Schur used his mojo that he had where NBC said, make whatever you want to do this. And that um, I'm not sure you're ever going to get um, a, a perfect storm of writing and cast and moment and
1: subject matter as as this. Well, I think it's important to highlight the cast, too, is I mean, I think we've complimented them throughout and every discussion we've had of this. We almost don't mention them because the acting is so good, but the fact that you could take two veteran actors like Kristen Bell and the amazing Ted Danson, who I did not know he had this precise performance in him, and and then I'm not surprised after watching it, just his his delight— his ability to express delight and it's just – he was so perfect. But to have the two of them and then to have two newcomers uh, – I mean, uh, uh, Jamila uh, – uh, I'm forgetting how to pronounce it. Jamila, uh, confusing her name with her name because she's the Yael Jamila. the show. Yeah, what is Jamila she? she's, Jamil. Jamila yep. Jamil, right. That's why I can't remember. Jamila Jamil, this is the first – serious acting job she had. Yep. She'd done a little bit before in hosting. This is her first show and she is a comedy genius. She's like yeah. a Lucille Ball in terms of like delivery and everything else. Uh um oh forgive she's me. She's just I can't a big blank. beautiful comedy giraffe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And and Manny Jacinto is uh I mean he is also incredible like the subtlety of his comedy and the and the at the broadness and the two of them and then, you know, wonderful veteran people who are less known, like Mark Evan Jackson. You get all these. Maya Rudolph has a wonderful, incredible oh, cameo. So all good. these cameos throughout. It's a, It's not astonishing to me that, that Mike Schur could get the actors. It's astonishing to me that everyone works so perfectly in nearly every case. And that the four people... Could come together like they'd work together. This was my reaction watching the first episode was, oh, these people must have performed together before. Maybe they were all in the Groundlings together or something like that. And there are TV shows like that where it's all SCTV or Groundlings people or whatever. It's like these people had a sense that this show existed for many years before we watched the first episode. And, and that's that's an incredible thing. And I think it also means this show will be watched. Like, this is a, a program we'll watch in, you know, I'm re watching it now, and we'll watch it in 10 or 20 or 50 years, and I think it will hold up. Uh, just because we've said
0: every other actor, William Jackson Harper, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm also sorry, I forgot great. to mention his name. Yes, so he is. Oh, great. Oh, I didn't well, say his name. Will Harper. That's what I meant. So I'm great. I'm sorry.
1: Yes, he is incredible. And, Te- and
2: and this
0: Ted Danson guy.
3: Yeah, I good. Think he's going places. Turns out he's good at,
0: uh, oh at my TV. God. Turns out, yeah, Kristen Bell. Maybe there's a reason she has like three great TV shows and a huge movie series, and is
2: is America's sweetheart.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah, and Darcy Carden should have won an Emmy for that Janet Uh, episode. Yeah, yes, it was so So good.
1: good. Four of the six people are, they're not newcomers, all of them, but some of them aren't like, oh, just I, I would
2: say the episode where we have the multiple Janets again, this time with Disco oh. Janet and the Bad Janet in oh, the New yes. <laughs> uh, a similar amazing performance where other than her costume being slightly different, like those Janets all feel like different people, just like in the so Janets different. episode. It's just such a great performance by Darcy Carden, for sure.
3: She's so talented and that what I really like about the show is that it I feel like they wrote these characters for the actors um in ways that really helped them grow and show off what they're really, really good at. Um yeah. in a way that the best writers do.
0: Like Jason is a dumb guy. There's been a ton of dumb guys on television, like uh, Ted Danson worked with two of them on Cheers, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. oh, and yeah. Woody Harrelson. Those are the
1: classic dumb guys, or Joe, you
0: know Joey from from Friends. This yeah. show you yeah. might have heard of called Friends. There's a guy named Joey on it. Jason is different from all of those guys. Totally, he's his so own unique, different. brilliant, really, really dumb guy.
1: I don't think we've ever rooted for a guy who throws lots of Molotov cocktails. That seems to be <laughs> unique. Look, it solves your problem by giving you a different problem.
4: <laughs> <That's>...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like Janet the
0: most. I think Jason is the most
2: quotable. Mm. Yeah. So other, other thoughts about like the show as a whole?
4: Well, I don't think there's anything you can replace it with in the current TV landscape. There's just a good place size hole now. Mm. But not that I don't love Nine-Nine. I do. But it's not the same show.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it also in in this era of streaming shows, um, that's the funny thing about it is like, it's great that the show was on NBC and that NBC made, uh, you know, made this commitment to it and put it on the air and, and, and has it. But it definitely spread. The word spread when it got on Netflix and that's the funny thing about it is the way the show is structured. This show is a show for the streaming era. It really works if you watch them in a binge, if you get caught up later. like That's why I'm confident this show is going to last in people's memory is that it's not going to feel like a uh, a show from the before time that's structured like a classic network <laughs> sitcom it 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 is a network
1: show that fits a streaming era in a way oh i just realized by making technology a human or a human a humanoid figure they don't have the star trek uh original series problem either janet will never be out of date janet can cannot other than yeah. disco janet maybe no she can never yeah. be out of date
0: <laughs> exactly uh, i'll say this because we are talking about the show and its final season I'm glad it ended, and that it ended firmly in yes. a way that it can't come back. I like yep. shows with endings. Yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs>
1: You're not waiting for an aftermath for The Good Place? Well,
0: it would have been <laughs> real easy for the network to say, hey, the ratings are pretty good. Why don't you just pad this out for four more seasons? Just, the Good Place fight. Uh,
2: yeah, and that's the credit. So one of the funny, um, funny connections here is that The Good Place is... When Mike Schur was thinking about it, he talked to Damon Lindelof about it because he, <laughs> he had this thought of like, I want to think of this like Lost or the Leftovers. I want to have a story arc. I want to have I, I want it to not just be make a sitcom premise and iterate on it forever. And what you know, it's it's really interesting because the story of Lost is that the producers went to the network at some point. A little late, by the way, and said, We got we can't, we're just spinning our wheels here. We need to have an end date and we, we need to figure out how much story we've got. Oh my god. And and Mike sure ended up doing that and going and saying to NBC, we've got one more season in us, and then we're done. And if he'd wanted to continue, they would have said yes, presumably. But yeah they he didn't want to continue. And I, I feel like this is one of those shows that burns bright and doesn't uh fade away. That they 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 used all their story. In fact, we could argue talking about the beginning of the season, they maybe used too much of the story uh, too fast, but that was the good place. That was the good place is you do an episode and you think, oh my God, they could do eight episodes about this. And and at the end of the episode, they say, nope, moving on. And you're like, all right, I guess that was the one episode about that. And that I, I really admire it because it means that it moves incredibly well. But it also is, I, I think th- that's why they had to say, no, we're done. We, we, we can't go on. Even though it's sad, like they, they had to do it. And the network, um, to their credit, was like, all right, you know, give us another one, but not as weird as this one, Mike.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder uh, if he is going, if Mike Sure is going to get another blank check. Uh, to kind of make whatever he wants. No, I don't know he what he's doing it.
2: next. I don't know if, the, if he's got a straightforward like comedy and development. I haven't heard if he's doing something, pre- presumably with all these people that he works with who worked on The Good Place, you know, just as with Parks and Rec, they will like, a lot of them will go on and do some other show, but I actually haven't
0: heard what um, what what comes next from Mike Schur. But everything he's done has been great. So, yeah. Eventually he's going to start burning some bridges and do an entirely sports-centered show just to get all of those grudges <laughs> out that would be
2: amazing So, for people who don't know i i love mike sure he and several other people involved with the good place actually including dave king who was a writer on this season alan yang who does uh master nun um they were the writers of my favorite blog of all time <laughs> oh, fire, yeah. which is called fire joe morgan which was a sports pa- blog um, the most mean-spirited
0: blog i've ever seen <laughs> Anything else we should talk about about The Good Place before we say goodbye? They did a great job of fan service in the final episode. Like, yes. with everything else they had to take care of, they also clearly had a checklist. They're like, all right, we got Adam Scott. We got those jerks. Okay, we saw Derek. Uh, who else? We did, got a did calendar. Like? Let's get yeah. the
3: merch out. All right, well,
2: I think we're going to close it up for The Good Place. Uh, what a fun show. What, so glad that we got it and got to enjoy it. And I'm so glad we got to talk about it for three episodes here. On The Incomparable, I want to thank my guests for joining me to send The Good Place, I guess, to The Good Place. Yeah, sure. Let's say that. Uh, Glenn Fleischmann, thank you. And uh, I admire your forethought in choosing it
1: to be in the Hall of Fame. Jason, I will never, ever, 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 (laughs) ever, 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 ever stop liking this show. Fair,
2: Kathy Campbell, thank you.
3: Thank you. I am returning my essence to the fabric of the universe.
1: All right,
2: good. Be sure you get a claim, uh, claim check for that. Yes. Madi, Ashley, thank you.
0: I'm going to go through the doorway now to the kitchen and make myself a sandwich. <laughs>
2: <Good.
4: laughs> hey, <laughs> nice, wait up.
2: Nice twist. Uh, and Sarah Gardner, thank you.
4: Thank you. I think I can finally stop crying.
2: Yeah, now, right now.
4: Okay, yeah. good. Thank you. And thanks
2: to everybody out there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable I'm Jason Snell, now go do something good.